You know success when you see it. Or you think you do. The people in the spotlight. But what about those small business masterminds who succeed at making their money work harder? They do that by having a business bank account with QuickBooks Money, which now earns 5% annual percentage yield. Making your money work as hard as you do? That's how you business differently. Learn more about QuickBooks Money at quickbooks.com slash 5APY. Banking services provided by Green Dot Bank. Member FDIC. Only funds and envelopes earn APY. APY can change at any time. The countdown has begun. From May 14th to 16th, a thousand global leaders will gather in Doha for the Qatar Economic Forum powered by Bloomberg. Join heads of state, influential ministers and leading CEOs to make new connections, gain unique insights and uncover valuable opportunities in one of the world's most rapidly rising regions. Request your invite for this exclusive event at QatarEconomicForum.com. Bloomberg Audio Studios. Podcasts. Radio. News. Good morning, I'm Nathan Hager. And I'm Amy Morris. Here are the stories we're following today. We begin with the highly anticipated earnings report that Wall Street has been waiting for from NVIDIA. Because of its leadership in AI training chips, NVIDIA's market capitalization has ballooned to around $1.7 trillion. Amy Wu Silverman of RBC Capital Markets says the report after today's close could be critical for the markets. Those results are what we saw kind of similar to last year. It still has a while to run. However, if let's say the results are quite disappointing, you can see that call skew sucked out of the market pretty quickly. And then the question there becomes, you know, if this is disappointing to to investors, what happens next? Do you actually see a pickup in the downside? Do you see a pickup in hedging? That's a major inflection for the market. Or do you see people still say, you know, we we like these stocks? RBC's Amy Wu Silverman now According to options positioning, NVIDIA investors may have almost $200 billion riding on today's results. Prices for short-term calls and puts imply a more than 10% move in the chipmaker's shares after the report. NVIDIA is, of course, part of the Magnificent Seven, which have propelled equity markets to record highs. But now it appears investors are cutting back. Goldman Sachs analyzed more than 700 hedge funds with $2.6 trillion of gross equity positions. Six of the Mag7 stocks saw a decrease in exposure. The only one that saw an increase was Amazon. And speaking of Amazon, Amy, those shares are up 1% this morning. The e-commerce giant is about to be added to the Dow Jones Industrial Average. We get the story from Bloomberg's Kimberly Adams. Amazon will replace Walgreens Boots Alliance in the Dow on Monday. The inclusion in the index is another milestone in the retailer's rapid expansion. The company was founded in 1994 as an online bookseller. It now sells goods of all types and runs the world's largest cloud computing business. In fact, Amazon is the second largest private sector employer in the U.S. behind Walmart. The absence of Amazon and a slew of big tech firms from the Dow spurred the blue chip index to underperform peers last year. The tech-heavy Nasdaq 100 climbed more than 50% while the Dow rose 13%. Kimberly Adams, Bloomberg Radio. Thanks, Kim. While Amazon takes its place in the blue chip index, founder Jeff Bezos is selling more of his stake in the company. The billionaire unloaded another 14 million shares worth about $2.5 billion. That brings his total cash out to $8.5 billion. Bezos announced a plan to sell up to 50 million shares of Amazon earlier this month. He finished the transaction in just nine trading days. Keeping things in the C-suite, Amy, Citigroup has boosted the pay of CEO Jane Frazier by about 6% to 
to a total of $26 million. The increase comes after Fraser initiated what's billed as the largest reworking of Citigroup in decades. The moves are designed to propel the firm from a banking underdog to competitive with its more profitable peers. And staying in the banking sector, shares of HSBC are down more than 7% in Europe. The bank reported fourth quarter profit that plunged 80%. HSBC took a $3 billion impairment in the fourth quarter on its holding in China's Bank of Communications. CEO Noel Quinn says the payment will have minimal consequences. I just want to make clear that has no impact on our capital position of any significance. It does not prohibit distribution because it's non-capital impactful. It is a technical accounting issue. And I also want to reiterate, we have strong confidence in the China economy. We believe there are huge opportunities ahead. And we believe that our partnership with BOCOM has been a good partnership for 20 years. And that status has not changed. HSBC CEO Noel Quinn also announced a $2 billion share buyback. On the economic front today, Amy, we may get more clues on the future of U.S. interest rates. This afternoon, the Federal Reserve releases minutes from its last meeting. We get a preview from Bloomberg's Michael McKee. January's Fed meeting began a concentrated, if not coordinated, effort by Fed officials to push back against market pricing of an early rate cut. The minutes of the meeting may offer hints at why. What did the policymakers see in the economy then? Too much strength, building inflation pressures, a too tight labor market? Or was it just an abundance of caution, caution that has proved out as January retail sales came in weak and consumer prices rose? The minutes are always a bit outdated since the Fed policy meeting took place three weeks ago. But in this case, clues to the Fed officials' thinking may help investors anticipate when and under what conditions they will finally cut. Michael McKee, Bloomberg Radio. All right. Thank you, Mike. In deal news this morning, Bloomberg News has learned that buyout firm Thomas Bravo is weighing a sale of J.D. Power for about $8 billion. J.D. Power uses data and analytics to produce rankings and reviews across industries, including automotive, financial services and healthcare. And a tie up between two supermarket giants could be in trouble. Sources tell Bloomberg News the Federal Trade Commission and a group of states are preparing to sue to block the combination of Kroger and Albertsons. We get the details from Bloomberg's Charlie Pellet. The suit is expected before February 28th when an agreement not to close the deal between the companies and the FTC expires. The sources say several states are expected to join the suit alongside the federal antitrust enforcers. A Kroger spokeswoman says the company remains in ongoing discussions with the FTC and state regulators and that the merger will lead to lower prices, more union jobs, and broader choices for consumers. In New York, Charlie Pellet, Bloomberg Radio. Thank you, Charlie. Turning to politics now, more financial trouble could be on the way for Donald Trump. New York Attorney General Letitia James says she is prepared to seize the former president's assets. Bloomberg's Ed Baxter with that story. James says she'll follow the money if he does not come up with a $350 million-plus fine ordered by the judge. She says a decade of crime. Financial frauds are not victimless crimes. Um, He engaged in this massive amount of fraud, and it wasn't just a simple mistake, a slight oversight. The variations were wildly exaggerated, and the extent of the fraud was staggering. James refuting the Trump claim that there were no victims. She says financial markets, banks, and citizens were. Ed Baxter, Bloomberg Radio. 
Time now to take a look at some of the other stories making news in New York and around the world. And for that, we're joined by Bloomberg's Michael Barr. Good morning, Michael. Good morning, Nathan. The FBI is joining the investigation into how many violent crimes nationwide are linked to a suspected multi-state serial attacker taken into custody in Arizona. The 26-year-old man may have targeted sex workers. He allegedly told police about his involvement in a string of assaults on women in the Phoenix area, Florida, and as well as a deadly attack in New York. NYPD Chief of Detectives Joe Kinney says the victim killed in Manhattan was found inside a hotel room earlier this month. He informs them that he is wanted for homicide in New York City and tells the cops that they should Google Soho 54 Hotel. The suspect, Rod Almansuri, is believed to have arrived in New York City in late January. Later, credit card use indicates the purchase of a plane ticket to Arizona, where he allegedly committed at least two more crimes. Two men have been charged with murder in last week's shooting after the Kansas City Chiefs Super Bowl parade. According to court documents, the men were strangers who pulled out guns and began firing within seconds of starting an argument. One person was killed and about two dozen others were injured. New York City police are doubling down on stopping more pedestrians in 2023 than the year prior. Pedestrian stops fell out of favor in New York City after a federal court in 2013 ruled that the NYPD stop and frisk practices were unconstitutional. But that trend appears to be reversing under Mayor Eric Adams, who took office in 2022. President Joe Biden's administration announced that more than 150,000 borrowers will receive $1.2 billion in student loan forgiveness under a program unveiled in January seeking to provide relief for Americans who had been making payments for at least a decade. The move wipes out loans for those who borrowed less than $12,000 for their higher education. A new study finds one in four people who attended college earn less than high school graduates 10 years later. Michael Iskowitz is president of the HEA group, which conducted the survey. Out of the about 4,000 institutions in the study, 852 of them, or about 22% of colleges, showed the majority of students earning below a $15 minimum wage. Michael Iskowitz with HEA says most of the people who earn less than high school grads went to for-profit colleges, but about 14% attended public colleges. Global News 24 hours a day and whenever you want it with Bloomberg News Now. I'm Michael Barr. This is Bloomberg Nathan. Thanks, Michael. Time now for the Bloomberg Sports Update, brought to you by Tri-State Audi. Here's John Stashauer. Thanks, Nathan. UConn Huskies dominant in winning last year's NCAA tournament. They've been dominant this season. They went to Omaha riding a 14-game winning streak. Most recently, they won by 28 over Marquette, who was ranked fourth in the country. UConn's number one. The vote this week was unanimous. But the Creighton Blue Jays ranked 15th themselves. They've won 20 games, and they crushed UConn. 85-66, they stormed the court after the school's first ever win over the team ranked number one. The UConn coach is Dan Hurley. You haven't lost in two-plus months, and this doesn't happen to us very often. So, yeah, I mean, we were yeah, we, we were definitely stunned. Um, this wasn't the game we expected. We, ex- we knew this was a dangerous game and a quality opponent, and 
one of the better teams in the country. But we, we, ex- we didn't expect this to happen. Next up for Creighton is a game Sunday at St. John's. The Red Storm have lost 8 of 10. Their players recently severely criticized by their coach, Rick Pitino. St. John's plays tonight at Georgetown. At the Garden, Rangers scored once in each period, got 41 saves from Igor Sesterkin, won their eighth in a row. 3-1 over Dallas. It's the Rangers' longest winning streak since 2016. Two more wins. They tie the club record of 10. That's happened twice, 1973 and in 1940, when they won the Stanley Cup. As any Ranger fan knows, they've only won it once since. They play tomorrow at New Jersey. The Devils were in Washington. The Capitals won 6-2. Alex Ovechkin scored twice. Islanders a 5-4 overtime win at Pittsburgh. Matthew Slater has retired. Special teams standout for the Patriots went to 10 Pro Bowls. He was a Pats captain, 13 of his 16 seasons. The one-time Mets shortstop Ahmed Rosario has signed with Tampa Bay. At Yankee Spring Training, all eyes on Aaron Judge's big toe. Heard it last June at Dodger Stadium. Never had surgery. And Judge said yesterday that to avoid flare-ups, he'll need constant maintenance on the toe for the rest of his career. John Stashower, Bloomberg Sports. Nathan? All right, John, thank you. The countdown has begun. From May 14th to 16th, a thousand global leaders will gather in Doha for the Carter Economic Forum powered by Bloomberg. Join heads of state, influential ministers and leading CEOs to make new connections, gain unique insights and uncover valuable opportunities in one of the world's most rapidly rising regions. Request your invite for this exclusive event at QatarEconomicForum.com. Now let's turn back to markets and our focus on earnings this morning. We're watching shares of HSBC. They are lower by more than 7% in London. And that move comes after the lender reported earnings, showing a fourth quarter profit falling 80% after unexpected charges on its holdings in China's Bank of Communications, BOCOM. HSBC also announced a $2 billion share buyback, but the bank's CEO, Noel Quinn, says the BOCOM charge was a technical accounting issue and won't impact capital. Noel Quinn spoke with Bloomberg's Francine Lacroix. Let's listen into part of that conversation now. Well, I'm very pleased with the fact that we've been able to report $30 billion uh, of PBT, which is obviously a record. But also, I'm very pleased with the return on tangible equity. We've been working hard for the past four years to make sure we deliver mid-teens returns. And we did that last year. You know, Before no- material notable items, we had a return on tangible equity of 15.6%. Um, I'm also really pleased with the dividends we've announced, 61 cents, which is the highest dividend for the full year since 2008. And we completed $7 billion of buyback. And we announced another $2 billion, up to $2 billion buyback this year. So I'm really pleased with that. Strong capital generation. And I believe with a CET1 ratio of 14.8%, we've got strong potential future capital uh, distribution as well. In the fourth quarter, we did have some noise in the numbers. We had three principal mm-hmm. items that pulled down the profit. The first one was we rebooked the loss on sale of our uh, French operation now that we completed that transaction. It's neutral for the year because we took a credit on that in Q1 and we've taken a charge in Q4. So that nets each other mm-hmm. out and neutral. There was an adjustment for hyperinflation in Argentina driven by the devaluation that took place. That's really a technical issue. And then the third issue, uh, technical issue, was BOCOM. Uh, We have had had an investment in BOCOM for 20 years. Every quarter we have to do a valuation in use test. We did that again this quarter, updated the model. And it compares the value in use to the carrying value. And 
no. the value in use dropped below, and that resulted in a three billion charger. I just want to make clear that has no impact on our capital position of any significance. Mm -hmm. It does not prohibit distribution because it's non-capital impactful. It is a technical accounting issue. And I also want to reiterate, we have strong confidence in the China economy. We believe there are right. huge opportunities ahead. And we believe that our partnership with BOCOM has been a good partnership for 20 years. And that status has not changed. And, and all given what you've just explained, are, th are there any large asset sales ahead? Is there anything else that you're thinking e either that you need to sell off or actually that there, there could be some kind of accounting concern? Well, I think we've got the final uh, leg of our disposal of Canada to come at the end of Q1. Um, that will be a big uh, sale completion. We're on track for that at the end of Q1. That will allow us to, as we've already announced, first use of proceeds. We would like to use the first use of proceeds as a special dividend of mm -hmm. 21 cents. We continue to look at the portfolio to make sure the portfolio um, is strategically correctly positioned and no businesses are underperforming. But I think we've done the material transactions, uh, but we will continue to adapt and change if we feel as though part of the portfolio is not strategic or is underperforming. I also want to recap on Q4. If you revert, if you take the profit, yeah. the underlying profit before material notables, Q4 reports would have been a 7.3 billion uh, PBT, which is well up on the prior uh, quarter in 2022. No, just going back to some of the, your potential significant sales, are you also close to identifying any potential new bolt-on acquisitions? We keep looking at bolt-ons and we've done quite a few. I was really pleased that we were, um, we've announced the acquisition of Citibank's wealth business in China. That follows um, two other investments we put into China recently taken our shareholding in our insurance joint venture from 50% to 100% and the securities joint venture from 50% to 90%. So you can see our confidence in China is still strong and we're investing and we've done three bolt-ons there. We'll continue to look for bolt-ons, particularly in our wealth management uh, business. Um, we believe buying additional product capability, specialism, or distribution capability uh, would be interesting, but we'll only um, announce anything on that where, as and when we got a transaction to, to complete. This is Bloomberg Daybreak Today, your morning brief on the stories making news from Wall Street to Washington and beyond. Look for us on your podcast feed by 6 a.m. Eastern each morning on Apple, Spotify, and anywhere else you get your podcasts. You can also listen live each morning starting at 5 a.m. Wall Street time on Bloomberg 1130 in New York, Bloomberg 991 in Washington, Bloomberg 1061 in Boston, and Bloomberg 960 in San Francisco. Our flagship New York station is also available on your Amazon Alexa devices. Just say Alexa. Play Bloomberg 1130. Plus, listen coast to coast on the Bloomberg Business app, Sirius XM, the iHeartRadio app, and on Bloomberg.com. I'm Nathan Hager. And I'm Amy Morris. Join us again tomorrow morning for all the news you need to start your day right here on Bloomberg Daybreak. The countdown has begun. 
This May, a thousand global leaders will gather in Doha for the Qatar Economic Forum powered by Bloomberg, held in conjunction with our official partners, the Qatar Ministry of Commerce and Industry and Media City Qatar and premier sponsor QNB. Join heads of state, influential ministers and leading CEOs to make new connections and gain unique insights. Learn more at QatarEconomicForum.com.